You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi everyone, we hope you are continuing to pursue your right to be fairly treated at work as the number of redundancies continues to rise as a consequence of COVID. Now here at Employment Rights Online, we appreciate that businesses have to make tough decisions at this time and also that this will inevitably include people being made redundant. Where we have the concerns, however, is not with the decisions businesses need to take, but how those decisions are being executed. And by way of demonstrating the concern, this week we bring you a case of a worker who was never told she was going to be made redundant. So this wasn't like last week's case, where the workers found out they were going to be made redundant, albeit via the media. No, In this case, the worker still thought she had a job and was merely furloughed because of COVID. It wasn't until the worker received a letter telling her that she had been dismissed from her job because of redundancy that the worker first knew there was a problem. And this worker was pregnant. Now, this is completely unacceptable when the employer knows that any worker is entitled to be made redundant in a fair way. However, employers also know that if you have less than two years continuous service, which this worker had, then the employer knows they don't have to follow a fair redundancy process. Because unless as a worker you have two years continuous service, then even if the employer treats you unfairly, You have nowhere to go with your complaint because you're not entitled to any redundancy rights until you have that two years continuous service with your employer. So what happened in this case to make the employer's practice unfair? Well, the employer knew that the worker didn't have two years service and simply believed, which is what the worker told us, that the employer thought they could just get rid of the worker without any need to respond to the concerns raised by the worker. The worker was raising concerns that she felt she was being frozen out of the business because the employer knew she was pregnant and had already intimated that the pregnancy was a cost to the business that was unexpected. The inference being that the worker's pregnancy would be a future financial burden on the company and that during COVID, this was a financial burden too far for the company to manage. But what the employer was to find out is that the case was not as simple as this, because the worker was pregnant when she was made redundant, and immediately the issue of protected characteristics comes into play. And whenever this issue is in play, There is no time limit required for length of service if there is any indication that action may have been taken against the worker because of their protected characteristic, which in this case, 
the worker felt was to do with her pregnancy. Remember, with protected characteristic groups, people who belong to this group have the right not to face any treatment that is discriminatory in nature. And that being the case, pregnancy and maternity is a protected characteristic. And therefore, the employer has a legal duty to make sure that anyone who belongs to this group is treated in a non-discriminatory way. The guidelines on how to treat workers who are pregnant or on maternity leave are very clear. The employer must not treat a member of this group in an unfavourable way because of pregnancy or maternity or anything to do with pregnancy or maternity. And that includes making sure anyone belonging to this group is not disadvantaged through the employer's policies, procedures, rules or practices. So that being the case, making someone redundant when they are pregnant after you, the employer, have already suggested a position that pregnancy will be a financial burden on the company, is highly likely to be flagged up by a worker who knows their employment rights or a worker who gets advice about their employment rights. And the flag would be to see this as an unfair use of the employer's policies, practices, rules and procedures. And that is what happened in this case. The worker was made redundant and she felt she had been chosen for redundancy because she was pregnant and also because she had less than two years service and believed the employer felt she had no employment rights. But the worker knew different and then filed a claim with an employment tribunal claiming pregnancy discrimination with unfair dismissal by redundancy as an aggravating factor in her case. The worker submitted a tribunal application form which is called an ET1 and once the claim form was received by the tribunal, the tribunal then contacted the employer and asked the employer to submit a response to the worker's claims. In this case, however, the employer didn't respond. Reasons for this? Well, could be any number of reasons. Maybe the employer not understanding the process or the employer believing that they can make or take any business decisions inside their own business without anybody telling them what to do or even the employer not receiving the ET3. That said, the tribunal issue the ET3 and issue a time limit to the employer by which the employer must submit their defence against the allegations. And this isn't a choice, you have to submit it. But in this case, the employer didn't respond. This left the tribunal with no option but to proceed with the case without the employer's defence because the worker is still entitled to have her grievance heard by the tribunal. So what will happen in this case is that a date will be set for the hearing and the employer can still turn up to that hearing to present a defence. But the employer's cards have already been marked by the tribunal in terms of how seriously the employer has policies and procedures in mind when making decisions. And if the employer does turn up at the tribunal to defend the case, 
the tribunal may well ask the employer to explain why the policies and procedures of the tribunal were not followed. And the tribunal may do this to add weight to the inference that the worker is raising that the employer is likely minded to ignore policies and procedures, particularly in the way the worker was treated. Now, if previous cases are anything to go by, this case could well settle before it gets to tribunal. Previous cases with similar elements, albeit with longer lengths of service ranging from five to seven years, well, these types of cases have settled for sums in excess of £20,000. In this case, the worker has less than two years service and this will influence the levels of remedy the tribunal will be able to award if the tribunal finds in favour of the worker, which is more likely than not when the employer has not even bothered to respond to the ET3 and the tribunal's request for the employer to put in a defence. Tribunal procedures are legal procedures, and whether you're happy about them or not, you must respond. Otherwise, that has a bearing on how the tribunal may see or manage your case. So what are the key learning points from this week's episode? Firstly, you can be made redundant from your job even if you're pregnant. But if the employer is making you redundant, it must not be for pregnancy or maternity related reasons. Secondly, the employer is not likely to say that I am dismissing you because you are pregnant or because you're going on maternity leave. Because, well, no one with any sense would say or write this down. So if you believe that you have been treated like this, you must begin to keep records of your discussions with your employer and any discussions where negative comments are made about your pregnancy or maternity leave. You need to note these comments and keep any emails or documents that highlight these concerns. And as a further step, if you hear these comments, you need to note them down with the employer via email, raising your concerns and letting the employer know that you're not happy about those comments, because this can act as evidence of the employer's behaviour or intentions later on down the line, should any action be taken against you or should you decide to take any further action against your employer. And finally, remember that the same scenario as we've gone through in this case can play out for anyone who belongs to any of the other six protected characteristic groups. So, for example, if you believe you've been singled out for redundancy because of your race or your age or your gender or your religious beliefs or for any other reason associated with a protected characteristic group, then you can follow the same complaints process and raise a complaint with an employment tribunal. Remembering, however, that you must raise that complaint within three months minus one day of the date when the action was taken against you. And that's it for this week. 
Remember, you can refer to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast for any additional help you may need with raising a complaint about unfair treatment at work. There's a really good download that can help you to raise a grievance at work so you can ask your employer to investigate your concerns. Just head to the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast and you'll find the links there. On a final note, please spare a moment to like and share the podcast with others and to leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere else where you're listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Bye for now.